Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Well, this country has wrestled with different forms of a passenger bill of rights for some time now, as you know. How's it going? You ask when? Well, right now, there are more than 50,000 complaints waiting for the regulator to handle, three times as many as there were one year ago, and it's averaging about two years for each one of those cases to be resolved. So it's not working, really, if you take a look at it. Yesterday, Transport Canada released a list of proposed amendments they would like to see in this area, just one month after the Liberal government passed legislation meant to solve the problem. So what are they proposing, and how will they help? Let's find out. We're going to chat with Gabor Lukash, who is president of the Air Passenger Rights. He's been doing this a long, long time. Gabor, thanks so much for joining us. I appreciate your time. Good morning. It's great to be back. Um, so let's just go through the proposed changes that we saw yesterday from Transport Canada. To start out here, um, one of the things that they're talking about, and, and this seems to be the big sticking issue over and over and over, a better definition of exactly when the airlines would be on the hook, right? Because that's always the first hurdle for passengers. When you start your chase for competition is the airline saying, well, we're not responsible. So this would try and clarify that? Well, uh, what the Canadian Transportation Agency released is a first consultation paper. These are not any kind of fair proposal no. language yeah. in terms of legislative language, but some ideas. And uh, they are overall trying to say the right things, uh, but uh, whether they're going to do the right thing is an entirely different matter. Uh, what the government's uh, legislation established is a secretive process where unlike the current situation, when decisions are made, the public and the media would not be able to scrutinize the evidence on the basis of which it was decided whether or not passengers would be paid compensation. So while we are hearing quite a bit of uh, uh, right uh, press, statements to the press about how things are supposed to work, and, yeah. and if we could go just by what the government is saying, it would be great. There is a significant concern about the implementation that we are going to have another situation where we have just uh, dead letter on, 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 the, on the law books and not real implementation. There is talk about uh, requiring airlines to pay compensation and having only a list of exceptional cases or extraordinary circumstances in which they don't have to pay compensation. Um, that's one of the proposals. And they are talking about uh, introducing uh, a bit more clarity into uh, when passengers are owed uh, meals and accommodation and, and making it independent of what actually caused the flood disruption, which is a good idea. But the, the government still wants to maintain a 12-hour uh, limit for when you are eligible to mm-hmm. meals and accommodation. So and basically, if they notify you three days in advance that your flight is delayed by two days, Sorry, you're out of luck under what the government is uh, planning with respect to meals and accommodation. And that is also inconsistent with international standards like the Montreal Convention. So um, the government is still quite far from uh, the European Union's gold standard. There are also unclear, uh, the lack of clarity that the APPR created is seems to be maintained there. I don't didn't see any uh, any comments and any intention to revise the definitions, in particular the definition of denial of boarding. Right. When which 
is fr framed so narrowly that even if you show up at the airport with all the necessary paperwork, but the airline just refuses to board you because they don't like your face, that would not qualify as denied boarding. It would be denied boarding only if the flight is overbooked. So there are lots of problems of this nature, and I'm not holding my breath about it. Uh, the consultation itself is is more of a public relations exercise because in our experience, in our past experience, uh, the input taken from consumer uh, advocacy groups are is not taken quite seriously, not not really being looked into, and it's not only the airline input that, is, that the government is is willing to go along with. So, where where do we start? You're right, because no matter what the government does, there are still always going to be the fallback. It seems like, uh, for example, safety. The airline just waves the flag and says, "Hey, this is a safety issue," and, and that's it. And, and that's a get out of jail free card. It seems. How can you possibly bring in some some sort of, I mean, you have to understand that safety is important. So, I mean, what what is what is a proper sort of? Well, you, no, you, you don't. I, I think I think that that's a false premise. Okay. Uh, in in Europe, passengers don't have to choose between safety and compensation. They have both. In Europe, just saying uh, safety is not like a magic get out of the, of the right. jail uh, card. Um, so uh, that's one of the big issues to be seen how that is going to be handled. But there is now in the current. Uh, consultation paper, uh, there's an intent apparently to recognize uh, hidden manufacturing defects as yeah. extraordinary circumstances, yep. but not other things. And, and that's, that's disconcerting because uh, in Europe, only situations when an entire model of aircraft is grounded, uh, you know, essentially across the board, in, in a, like what happened with the 737 MAX, um, eight, uh, that only that would qualify under European gold standard as uh, as an extraordinary circumstance. We don't seem to be there, but uh, certainly we are going to push for that, and we are going to push for those kind of changes. The airlines are, are all the time trying to argue that uh, we shouldn't be flying with unsafe planes, and it's not that I'm disagreeing with uh, the airlines, but the answer is it's your plane, your responsibility, and if you cannot fly them, if you cannot make sure they are safe, well, guess what? Go do business elsewhere. We don't need airlines that cannot maintain safety in Canada. One of the things that is mentioned um, by the transportation agency, that I think is something a lot of people have talked about before, is that 48-hour window. Like, if they get you on a flight within 48 hours, then, th then they've done what they need to do. And, you know, if you're flying somewhere and you have an appointment in 12 hours, who cares if you get there in 36 hours? It's no good to you anymore. Um, do you think that's something we can reasonably expect to be altered and, and recognized? Uh, with respect to flight cancellations and, and uh, that, that are within the carrier's control, including safety, there has never been a problem and that, on that point. The problem has been with uh, the government creating some ambiguity uh, last year with some amendment that made it appear as if the passenger would not be entitled to a refund if mm -hmm. they offer you an alternate flight within 48 hours. That's not the law in Canada, to be clear. Uh, the APPR has been poorly worded in that regard, but the um, common law and provincial law principles are still applicable and still require a nice refund you if your flight is cancelled. What is being discussed now is to consolidate uh, that right, which has been long established and recognized even by the Canadian Transportation Agency's own past decisions from you know, 2004 and 2010-ish, 11-ish years, 12-ish, um, and and having that consolidated into the APPR, which if that happens, it would be a good step forward. 
the real question, though, is how much enforcement is going to happen. We do have a concern that the government uh, legislated a new process for resolving passenger uh, consumer disputes right. with airlines and adjudicating them in a secretive manner which lacks transparency where the public and the media cannot scrutinize the evidence being used to determine whether a passenger is owed compensation or not. That opens the door to all sorts of concerns including favoritism where um, maybe if it's a WestJet uh, passenger then they're going to order the airline to pay because the current government may not like WestJet that much but if it is Air Canada which is perhaps more uh, friendly with, their, with, the, with the government then they're going to have a softer um, approach and, and, and treat them with a velvet uh, glove. Yeah, exactly. And like you say, I mean, we'll, we'll wait and see. The new rules aren't even going to be enforced until the end of the year. So uh, the consultation continues. Gabra, thanks so much for your time. I appreciate you being here.